Welcome to the Shifted Podcast and Video Series. Each week, we connect with teachers to hear their stories about teaching and learning during a global pandemic. We focus on shifting practices, digital tools and resources, health and wellness, maintaining balance, and supporting our students during these challenging times. The Shifted Podcast is from the Greater Victoria School District in beautiful British Columbia, Canada, and is recorded on the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt Nations. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Shifted Podcast. And this week, we're talking to Alison Hoffman, a counselor and psychology teacher from Esquimalt High School here in beautiful Victoria, BC, home to the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt Nation, upon whose land we live, we learn, we teach, and today we podcast. Allison, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really appreciate you being here. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So I'm really curious about um, what life has been like for you as a secondary counselor in a, in a role that relies so heavily on relationships and connections with students and at a time when um, that in-person contact um, is so difficult to, to do safely and to, to do in our regular way. What's life been like for you over the last couple months? Oh, it, um, it's been a big, huge, massive learning curve. Um, and, uh, you know, the systemic piece of the job has um, been the hardest, that the core work of, of connecting with students um, doesn't really change because it's such a human interaction. But um, there are different stages, right? Like at the very beginning and, and just trying to figure out who were the people that we needed to connect with and how we were going to do that. And then um, as things kind of settled out and those systems came in and then now we're here back at school. So there's really, um, yeah, kind of two different phases at phase one where we were, you know, limping into the summer trying to connect and make sure everyone was safe. Um, and that grads were meeting all their grad outcomes and, and we were trying to support those students as they, as they transitioned out of high school and then getting the students back in here and trying to get them set up for uh, learning and wellness here. So, um, yeah, it's just been a massive, massive uh, learning curve and uh, it's required a lot of time and, and patience um, with everybody, including ourselves. Um, yeah, so I think it's required, um, even though you're wanting to ramp up and get a hold of everyone, just uh, um, lots of deep breaths and slowing down and what are we doing and how are we doing this this well. So, uh, and there's been some surprises along the way. So, yeah. I'd love to uh, get into a little bit more about what those surprises have looked like. But I'm curious, you know, like we, we first started recording some of these interviews back in June and July. And you know, where the needs people had back then, I'm sure are significantly different than they had now. And I know back in June, it was a matter of like, let's just get through to the end of the year. Let's try to get some semblance of normalcy wherever possible. And now we're into uh, the, let's, how, how do we continue to um, make progress in the, our, our new reality that we have? And I think yeah. back in June, we didn't know what the fall was going to look like yet. So a lot's changed. Based, based on the needs, um, you know, the, the, the kids that are coming knocking at your door, um, have those needs changed? Have you noticed any, any shift in, um, you know, concerns students are having or, or you know, particular areas of, of difficulty for them? Yeah, um, I think 
uh, there's just an increased kind of a lot of unknowns. Like you said, we don't really know. I always say, I almost say to students every day, Hey, it's my first pandemic too. We're all kind of working together. And so I think, you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time and normally I can answer those questions. No problem. And, um, and so it's harder to answer those questions with certainty. You know, what's post-secondary going to look like? What are my classes going to look like? Where are my learning gaps going to be? How do I access resources if we're dealing with a mental health issue? They're all different. One thing I've noticed in terms of the concerns that are coming to my door is that um, there aren't, the frequency isn't there. Like prior to the pandemic, people were coming down and I don't know what counseling hallways are like at other schools, but it's usually a pretty chaotic space because school counselors and YFCs are so accessible and they're great teams and students are coming down and, and wanting to get help like right, right then and there. And sometimes we're able to accommodate that and sometimes we're not. And now we can't really have the drop-ins coming in. So it's much more structured. Uh, so it's a little bit less open. So there's a little bit less of that kind of day-to-day -day maintenance. And then the students that you're seeing, I think um, either they've, many of them have left issues um, longer than they normally would have because we're harder to access, I think. Um, and then, um, yeah, it's just a different kind of clientele and, and meeting space. So when the emergencies come, um, they're usually, more severe than they would have been because they would have normally just come down or come see a counselor. Um, in addition, I think a lot of teachers and EAs are having to do a little bit of that kind of mental health first aid in the classroom because that's where the students are. Yeah. And so we're kind of supporting those people um, from the sidelines as well. But yeah, lots of, lots of questions about post-secondary, lots of questions about, uh, struggling with the new system, you know, the pacing of school, um, especially at secondary, is so different and it presents different learning challenges that, that we kind of help students navigate. Um, I was actually going to lead into my next question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was, I'm curious about, you know, here we are, um, we're recording this at the end of October and mm -hmm. we're a couple months into this quarterly system model. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's that's a significant shift in the the pacing for kids yeah. that uh, you know are accustomed to uh, smaller chunks of mm -hmm. learning occurring in higher quantity throughout the day. So, um, when you mention more kids having challenges with that, is there a particular theme or a particular um, type of challenge you're seeing you know more frequently? Um, I, I just think it's it's a time management thing and and for some depending on people's learning style you know someone who needs to move a little more slowly you know it's not that they don't have the time in the day it's that they need their mind needs a little bit of time to pick up on concepts especially with math and science and things like that and it's just you know they get something and they get confident and then they're on to next the next thing so it's just like there's no time to exhale and then it's over and then my anticipation and i'm sure the whole district's anticipation is that you know, someone can have a course in quarter one and then all of a sudden they're not seeing that material again until September. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do the maintenance of that over time? Um, yeah, I think just how to, how to manage time effectively um, is difficult. Um, the other piece that, that's tough is the isolation because even though students are together, they're not, they're in little silos around the school and, um, 
I know my own children. I've got a little glimpse into elementary, middle, and secondary because I have a son in elementary and a daughter in middle school. Mm. And that isolation piece, even though they're, they're physically with other people, there is a connection um, issue. Like it, it's not the same commu school community that it, that it was. I think it's much better than being at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. I'm, I think students are happy to be back. But I think one of the goals of, of um, school should be to how do we increase a sense of community in the building, even though we're isolated. So aside from curriculum, how do we get those communities together? And then when people are well, I think they'll be more, uh, they'll be better equipped to learn because mm -hmm. they're feeling better and more positively about school. So, yeah, that, that sense of community is such a key part to, you know, making sure everyone feels welcome and connected to their learning yeah. and connected to their sort of raison d'etre for being at school in the first place. And, um, you know, I, I know you guys at Esquimalt have been doing a lot of initiatives and I've kind of heard through um, Vicki and Tina about different leadership activities you've been doing outside in the field and really interesting creative takes on team building or community building activities and exercises. Mm -hmm. um, anything you think would be useful information to share with other counselors or other schools that you, you'd recommend as, as something you feel like, gosh, that really worked quite well for us this fall. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, well, Vicki, or sorry, our Vice Principal Vicki Roberts in particular did an amazing job with transition with our grade nines and lots of other schools did. So just keep doing that piece of making the building familiar and fun. Um, our grad leadership person's doing a great job with instead of, because we're not having these big activities quite yet. You know, most schools don't have their, I don't think any schools are doing winter formals. Yeah. So our grad person is making sure there's a lot of micro activities and, and more kids are participating in those, you know, more kids want to do those activities. They are really wanting to connect with other students, even in a distanced way um, that isn't really through Zoom, no offense to Zoom or anything, but you know, they want to be in a room with other people. I think we all crave that as human beings. And um, yeah, so I think um, just some fun and, and joy in the building, those little snippets in the day that you can find. Um, you know, laughing and being silly with kids. I mean, I'm going to dress up on Halloween this year and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just for some sense of fun, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, our grad last year in particular is my best example of why that's important. Mm. You know, we did a community activity for grad and it not only filled the buckets of all of the grads that got to participate in this amazing event but for our teachers as well and our staff and ea and admin and everybody felt great on that day so the more community you can do i think it helps the learning piece as well because it just i mean for everybody globally it's this collective sense of isolation yeah and and anticipatory loss of what is the, what are things going to look like yeah yeah and yeah. the uncertainty and any chance to grasp some little teeny semblance of normalcy is, is key, isn't it? Anywhere you can find it is, yeah. Even if it's a small exchange with a student or a silly announcement you can make or, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got to check your ego at the door and just uh, put on the goofy hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've always been kind of silly. Anyone who's worked with me knows. Anyone who's seen any of my lip sync performances. <laughs> Maybe we should link to your YouTube video. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> we've got a little bit of a lip, lip sync trio here. Um, 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, some interesting things that have occurred. And, and the one kind of theme that's run through a lot of the conversations we've been having is about, you know, although we've been faced you know, numerous challenges over the last few months, there's been, there actually has been some interesting little glimmers of silver linings and opportunities that have come about. And, um, you know, things that we may very well continue to maintain post pandemic. And I'm curious what, um, what of these little glimmers have you experienced over the last few months that you... um, I think, uh, well, I wish the pandemic has not hadn't happened. Um, I think that for some students, they've gained an appreciation of education mm. and, and the privilege that we have in our society and, um, and in Canada to have a great public education system that we kind of take for granted. Um, so I think a lot of students don't realize how much they love school and didn't realize how much they love school um, until it was taken away from them. So a lot of students are just happy to be here and connect um, so that's one. Um, I do like the idea of some of the quarter system things because you're for secondary anyway, because you're with your class longer and there's this opportunity to really connect and it's not feeling so rushed and, and you can kind of slow down your, your teaching in some ways. Um, there are challenges with some curriculum with that. Um, I'm loving the later start time, just a little plug for late start time, um, because I actually think students are functioning better having even that half an hour, 40 minutes extra in the morning. That has been, um, most people know we have a bit of a sleep crisis going on with youth right now. And I think that flexible learning model um, is allowing for some more sleep and that's huge. Well, there's no shortage of research that validates that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about it in my psychology class. Mm. And then I think just, yeah, that, you know, that those little opportunities as educators to think creatively about education. I mean, we kind of, we sort of get stuck in our way of doing things as counselors, as teachers, as EAs, librarians, whoever you are. We've really had to think about what we're doing, why we're doing it and how we're doing it and is this the best way so i'm i'm very very interested to see how we transition back into whatever the normal is going to be what things we keep what things we say woof glad that's not happening anymore i'm just so curious to see that um yeah so i think i think it's a um it's an opportunity to think differently about education and about counseling as well um you know, was it good to have students constantly able to see us all the time? We know there's a big burnout rate with counselors. We know that in regular life, you don't have a counselor at your beck and call, like whenever you want to see them. You know, maybe it's forced us a little bit to step back and, and how are we doing our work? And is this the best thing for our students and for our practitioners, whether they're YFCs or counselors in the schools? Yeah, those are some great, great perspectives. And um, sometimes being forced to change is the only way we can actually step outside of our fishbowl. And I think it's only human nature, right? As human beings, we gravitate towards the familiarity. And absolutely, uh, certainly isn't any, you know, criticism of anybody. That's just no. human nature. And and it's a sign of being busy, right? You know, I'd love to have some time to sit yeah. back and reflect <laughs> on my work. And, you know, we don't often have that in, in a day. So um yeah yeah that's that's great um if you had to um 
give any advice to uh, somebody entering the counseling profession at a, at a school in this current climate, what would you say to them? Um, oh, geez, that's a tough one. It, it's, this work is amazing. It's, it's challenging. Um, because we're in this collective sort of experience, I think more important than ever, um, setting your own boundary and taking care of yourself and practicing, you know, compassion with yourself and being patient with yourself is really important because the work is hard. Um, and, and we have our own personal challenges and that range for everybody in terms of how we're dealing with the pandemic. And I think all educators need to be patient with themselves for that. Um, collaboration, I would not be able to do this work. I love our team here because we don't work in isolation. If we're unsure about something, we ask questions. I've been doing this a long time. I still go to colleagues and say, do you, do you think this is the right thing to do? Which resource do you think is the best to check in with? I, I would say if you have the opportunity, collaborate. There's lots of counselors in the district though that don't have that opportunity. Many elementary and middle school counselors, they really work on their own or maybe with one other person. Mm. And that's one thing that I think is challenging. And, and I think our district leadership is really trying to provide an outlet where they can talk with each other because this work is really hard to do if you're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slowing down and, and checking in with kids and not assuming that they're okay. I mean, whenever you ask anyone, whether they're a student or, or an adult in the building, how are you doing? Most people answer, I'm good, I'm fine. <laughs> and so just slowing down and, and, and really trying to check in with people and see how they're doing and just be curious and open with how, how people are. I love it. Be curious. That's uh, we could put a big hashtag. Be curious at the bottom yeah. of the screen here. So I think that's that's great. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, no, I don't. Th- well, maybe I just uh, yeah. Thank you for being interested in what we're doing here at the school. I think uh, and in our school communities because we're all working so in such isolated ways. So I think if we hear how it's going for other people at other schools. Um, it's really helpful um, and it might be different for people everywhere, but I think just everyone is doing their best. I just see how hard educators are working yeah. at all levels, anyone in this, in the building. And um, I just feel grateful to work with wonderful, supportive people. And I think just find your people. <laughs> it's amazing how hard you have to work to slow down sometimes, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Alison. Oh, you're welcome. It. Thank you. Thank you for watching or listening to the show. You can find all of our episodes, leave us a voice message, or send us any questions or comments at our website, shift-ed.ca. Until next time, take care.